This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Wednesday, September the 1st, first day of autumn, would you believe? Well, we're going to have details on the storm names to be listening out for. And we've got news on supply problems affecting Weatherspoons pubs in Kent in just a bit. But first, the issue of Afghanistan is top of the news agenda again today. First, we're going to hear from Tunbridge and Morning MP Tom Tugendhat, who's been questioning Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab about the situation in the country. Earlier, he said claims by the Taliban that Britons who are stuck in Afghanistan will be allowed to leave safely and women's rights will be respected are lies. He also warned the Taliban have been hunting people while women and girls are being denied access to education. Well, Mr Tugendhat, who served in Afghanistan, is chair of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee. This is some of what's been said this afternoon. Why is it that the French evacuated everybody they had and who was dependent on them and we were scrabbling around Uh, with a huge press of crowds at the airport and sadly have left a lot of people behind. Well, I'm afraid the the analogy uh, I don't think runs. I think you're you're comparing uh, like for like. Um, But we we got out uh, over 15,000 in the last two weeks of August. Um, And, of course, if you look back to April, uh, when we started to advise, we gave the travel advice that people should leave. We expedited the Arab... uh, um, uh, set up an, an expedited Arab uh, program. Uh, the reality was many Afghans. Uh, so t- between that, those two periods, 2,500, I think broadly, um, uh, left, including Arab and British nationals. Uh, but the reality was, given the uh, scale of numbers that we have uh, and, the, and the size of our, um, uh, the, the nature of our population, not just the size of it. Um, there are lots of people like, uh, who, who were taken su- by surprise by the scale and the pace of the Taliban advance and therefore they only came relatively late on. So we were doing everything we could and we got 2,500 out but the lion's share, um, as, you, as you know, came with the search for the door once it was evident that Kabul was likely to fall. Meantime, a Kent man who's stuck in Kabul has described how his wife and children cried when the final Western soldiers left them behind. He was at the airport with his family but was unable to make it through the crowds in time to get on a plane. They're now worried about being killed by the Taliban and are unsure what their next step is to get home. He wants to remain anonymous but has updated us on their situation. On the first day of uh, when Taliban entered in, in Kabul, and I went to the gov.co.uk and I found the number. Then I called that number and registered myself and my family, or they have took all the passport number and everything. And um, they said, just wait, do not go to the airport till you hear from us. I was waiting for two weeks for that email to come for me. And uh, so that email came on the 23rd of August. Um, as soon as I saw that email, and then uh, me and my family went to the um, Abbey Road in the Baron Hotel in there. When we reached there, it was a thousand people were there. There was a very crowd in the crowd of people over there. So it was not possible to go and see the, the British troops and or uh, USA troops in there. Uh, it was not possible for me at all. 
because they got two kids in there. One is eight months and another one is three and a half. So I, I was I was shocked and I said, well, that's it. That's it because the British troops left, USA troops left and that's it. Then I, I lost hope on that one. I was so worried and I just hugged, hugged my wife and I said, that's it. That's it. That, that, that's uh, when they gone and no one here to help us now. So uh, that was the last, uh, I think that was the last flight. So, um, so we, we, we just, uh, we just, uh, the, the, my wife was start crying and the kids was um, start crying because it was so a crowd and a lot of people was there. So we, we, we just, uh, we just lost hope really. It's so worrying about this situation and I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know, I'm just like thinking, always thinking someone going to come and kill us to be honest. And there's a lot, a lot of uh, Taliban around here and a lot of people, they know that I came from uh, Britain and I'm just as scared if I go out and I'm just like looking around and looking right behind if there's someone, gunman's come to, to kill us or to take us somewhere. As I say, the British government and the, the they're not doing anything in action, to be honest. I'm saying, I'm, t I'm telling the Boris Johnson and um, the, the, the uh, foreign minister, and we are we are British citizens. We don't want this be in this situation. And please, 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 I beg you to rescue us from here. We don't want to stay here anymore. And uh, we we um just we uh, family or. Uh, is, is worrying for us. The first talks have been taking place between UK officials and the Taliban to ensure Britons can leave safely. Also under discussion is giving Afghans who've worked with British diplomats and military forces safe passage to the UK. 10,000 are already in quarantine hotels. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today then and three men who carried out a nine-month-long crime spree in Canterbury have been jailed for a total of more than 17 years. During one attack they threatened to stab a 14-year-old boy while forcing him to hand over his iPhone in March last year. The gang has been described as cowardly and mean by a judge. Police are continuing to search farmland near Addington after a man died over the bank holiday weekend. He was found with injuries at Meadowcrest Farm in London Road and later passed away in hospital. The Kent Horse Fair event was taking place at the site and detectives say the death is currently being treated as unexplained. A man suffered what's been described as potentially life life-changing injuries after being attacked at a pub in Folkestone. He ended up with a number of broken bones after he was reportedly targeted by several other men outside the Black Bull on Canterbury Road. The Kent Online podcast has been told work will continue to keep trains and stations in Kent as clean as possible, as it's expected more workers will resume commuting. Some staff haven't been on a train for the past 18 months, but with furlough ending and high vaccination rates, it's thought some may want to make a return to the office, even if if it's just part-time. Well, John Housels, the regional MD of Network Rail, he's been speaking to Ish. We are absolutely doing everything we possibly can to make sure that stations and trains are as clean as they possibly can be. Most people are incredibly respectful uh, of each other, and we'd ask, obviously, 
uh, that passengers do do that and also that they check times as well so when they travel they try and avoid those really busy times if they're a little bit nervous but all of this stuff you know sanitizers and one-way systems masks all of that stuff is carrying on how, how much has been invested here in kent over the past year and a half it's been about 1.8 billion so i guess about a third of that maybe a little bit more uh, is uh, directly to kent so a lot of money has been invested in uh, in that southeast part of England. A lot of what we've been doing is what I would call business as usual. The thing about having quite an old railway, a Victorian railway, is the moment that you stop maintaining it and looking after it, it becomes unreliable. So, so although the number of passengers has reduced significantly over the last 12 months, a lot of what we've just been doing is the equivalent of painting your windows and uh, and um, I don't know, replacing a slate on your roof. So it's all of that business as usual, because the moment we stop doing it, the railway will become unreliable. But we've upgraded signaling systems, we've replaced miles and miles of track, uh, we've replaced literally um, hundreds and hundreds of metres of, of cuttings and embankments. Uh, the list goes on from big projects, tens of millions of pounds, to all of the sort of the day to day stuff that you would expect that you would need to do just to keep a railway operational. Do you, do you expect the, the number of passengers to be back to pre-pandemic levels now? A really pessimistic view would be something like 60% uh, of, of pre-COVID numbers. A more optimistic view is more than 80%, so somewhere between those two, uh, in terms of commuter traffic. But interestingly, in terms of in terms of leisure travel, numbers are really close to pre-pandemic numbers already. When it comes to commuters, I think that it's more of a permanent shift of people maybe spending a little bit of time working from home. But time will tell. Well, our sister radio station KMFM have been asking on Twitter today if you'll return to commuting following the pandemic. The poll shows that just 17% of you will go back to commuting full time. A third expect to travel by train two or three days a week, while half say they'll never commute again. You can vote and leave your views on our socials. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. Tributes are being paid to an inspirational teenager who's died at the age of 18 after a long battle with cancer. Jake Rafferty, who used to live in Hawling before moving to Ireland with his family, raised thousands for research after managing to climb Mount Snowdon in a specially adapted bike. Our thoughts are very much with Jake's family. A man's been arrested following a carjacking near Faversham. The driver was giving the suspect a lift to Ashford along the A251 before he was forced to stop in the middle of the road and assaulted. A 52-year-old has been released on bail. Now, have you checked that your car is compatible with a new type of fuel that's come in? You may have heard that E10 is replacing E5 in a bid to reduce emissions. But the Kemp founder of a fuel campaign group says it'll hit drivers who already struggle to fill up their tank. Now, that's because older vehicles aren't compatible. Howard Cox is from Fair Fuel UK. He's been speaking to Ollie. The whole point of it is a very laudable approach. We all want to reduce CO2. We all want to reduce any of the pollutants, etc. But this particular move is ill-informed, unconsulted. And frankly, you know, it will not achieve the government's virtual signalling endgame, to quote out of touch Grant Schatz, of slashing emissions to achieve net zero. All it will do is financially hit small businesses and drivers on low incomes who can't afford newer E10 attuned vehicles. 
And that's the point. Instead, they will be forced to pay unfairly for the higher priced E5 super unleaded petrol. In many cases, that's 15 to 20 pence more. What would you say to the people that would say, yes, um, we can understand that there's an impact there on the consumer, on some consumers, but we need to do something about climate change now. And these are the kind of decisions we need to start making. And what, what would you say to someone like who's saying this is a good thing, this move towards E10? My point is any attempt to use cleaner fuels is a good thing. No doubt about it. We all want to see cleaner air. We all want to breathe cleaner air, etc. But the more you actually introduce new cycle lanes, etc., blocking roads, causing congestion and more pollution, etc., these sort of policies are real thought out. There are other solutions. There are fuel catalysts uh, available. There's one legal requirement in some of the states in the US, which are delivered in bulk deliveries to garages, which actually already reduce uh, 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 not just NOx, or, but they reduce particulates, NOx, SOx, or that sulfur uh, emissions, etc., et by 50%. And they improve fuel consumption by 10 to 15%. That's a no-brainer. E10 won't do that. A study by the RAC that's out today has found more than a quarter of drivers are yet to check whether their vehicle is able to take the new fuel. Kent Online reports. Weatherspoon is the latest firm to suffer supply problems. The pub chains apologise to customers as they're not able to serve Carling and cause beer at pubs across the county at the moment. McDonald's, Nando's and KFC are among other firms facing issues due to a lack of lorry drivers and staff shortages. Now, as children head back to school across Kent this week, parents are being reminded about the importance of regular COVID testing. TV's Dr Ranj, who grew up in Medway, says we are in a better position as classrooms reopen, but we still need to take precautions. It's completely normal to feel nervous about going back to school and I know that lots of parents have worries. If you want more information about the recommendations just go to gov.uk forward slash back to school. If you want to speak to school or college directly to find out what they're going to be putting in place then by all means I encourage you to do that. But always remember we are in a slightly different situation this time around with the vaccination effort being so successful and continuing and also it's not as if mitigations are completely being taken out. We're still recommending certain healthy behaviours such as hand washing, ventilation, cleaning regimes and obviously testing for asymptomatic people. If certain schools and colleges may choose to put in extra measures as well, just get in touch with them and find out what they're going to be doing. But I think we can proceed with cautious optimism and remember we've got to make sure that we get back to normality, get kids and young people back in school with minimum disruption. Ventilation and extra hygiene measures will also be in place to help keep children and staff safe and minimise disruption to face-to-face learning. More than 20 years after building work was given the go-ahead for a major development on Sheppey, which I believe the final house has just been sold. Kingsborough Manor in Eastchurch has been built in stages over the past two decades and is now made up of more than 200 properties. The last home's up for grabs or on the market for more than £600,000. And it's the first day of autumn, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, so that means the Met Office have released the names of the storms we could encounter. The UK public suggested more than 10,000, with Logan, Ruby and Dudley among the ones selected. The moniker Kim has also been chosen, supposedly in recognition of someone's so-called whirlwind relative. 
Well, the first storm of the year, which runs from this month, will be called Arwen. Kent Online Sport. First news from the Paralympics, and there's been a medal for Kent's Ross Wilson in table tennis. The Sheppey athlete took bronze in the team event at Tokyo. He'd lost in the semi-final earlier, but was already guaranteed a medal. Meantime, Will Bailey from Tunbridge Wells is guaranteed at least a silver in his team table tennis event at the Tokyo Paralympics after getting through to the final. He and his partner have beaten their Spanish opponents in the semis. On to football now and there's a new arrival at Priestfield. Gillingham have signed 19-year-old Charlie Kelman on loan from QPR until the end of the season. The deal was agreed yesterday, just hours before the end of the summer transfer window. Well, Luke Cordell is our Gillingham reporter. So, Luke, tell us about Charlie Kelman then. What's he going to bring to the squad? He's a young lad, 19 years old. I think QPR were going to hang on to him until they um, they got a loan player themselves in. Yesterday, they, they got Andre Gray in from Watford, so that meant they could release him to Gillingham and um, that would be great news for, for the player and QPR so he can get some games and I'm sure he will get plenty of games at Gillingham because they haven't got a great deal of, of other options up front and I think Kelman will be a, a great partner for Vidane Oliver up front at Gillingham. He's, he's, he's quick, he's skillful, he's, he's a right handful around the box really and I think he's the, the sort of right type of player to, to partner for Vidane or even John Akindi if John Akindi was to play instead of Dane. And will Jill's fans be happy, do you think? They seem to be getting pretty impatient yesterday on socials. Steve Evans would have liked more on the night. Um, I know fans certainly wanted more done before deadline day. But resources are, are tight. They've not got a great deal of money. And um, he's he's got to make do with a smaller squad. I think he's got about 20, 22 players now. Um, 22 good players, though. There's some good good talent in there and it's not been the best start to the season there's no game this weekend will that help or hinder no game this saturday will certainly be a massive help they can get together they can get over some of those knocks and whatever i mean oliver has been struggling with a bit of an ankle injury now akindi's been struggling with an injury alex mcdonald hasn't played yet this season because of an injury i think there's there's been knocks all over the place Demp, the captain demps has been playing with a bit of a tight hamstring or something or whether to run jack it goes on and on I think a lot of the players have been struggling a bit so yeah even the, I mean, the manager admitted he, he was crying out for a bit of a break and the fact that the Charlton game off is off this Saturday because they've got some players playing internationally that's that's great news for Gillingham they can recover recuperate and get ready for the next game. Luke, thanks ever so much. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Raducanu has enjoyed an impressive full US Open debut. The 18-year-old from Bromley eased into the second round last night, beating Stephanie Vogler of Switzerland in straight sets. She'll face Zhang Shui of China next. Well, thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app and that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do it, just head to Subsave. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. BlueButterfly.co.uk.